You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Is college worth it anymore? There was a time in this country's history where you had to go to college in order to be quote-unquote successful, in order to get a job that was worth anything, in order to have a career, in order to provide for your family reliably, in order to make something of yourself. But a lot has happened since that was a given. At least from my perspective, a lot has happened. And It's worth asking the question, especially as my older sons are now in their teenage years and will be young adults before they know it. They will be through high school before we know it. They're just starting. My oldest is just starting his freshman year of high school this coming fall. And what do I tell him? What should I tell my son, Josiah, who is intelligent, well-spoken, opinionated, well-read, should I tell him he should go to college? Should I encourage him in that direction? Or should I say no? Should I say, I don't think that's a good idea? Why would I ask this question? Some of you may be wondering. Others of you, it's an obvious answer one way or the other. I don't think that college is a safe place for good character, for curiosity, for creativity, for integrity anymore, broadly speaking, in this country. It seems as though a few things come together and conspire to make the cost-benefit analysis decidedly less attractive in comparison to decades past. For one, you have the rising cost of college. Can anyone work while they go to college and pay their way through school to where they exit on the other side with no student loan debt? Can anyone in good conscience encourage their child to go to a good, highly respected school to take out a year in student loans and come out the other end, for one, able to get a job that will be able to support them, their ambitions, and also service the student loan debt? Or, if so, can the person who is servicing their student loan debt on the other end of a four-year or six-year degree maintain their character, maintain a good perspective on reality, on truth. When I was in my senior year of high school, I really wrestled with whether to go to college at all. And I'll tell you right now that I did go to college. I didn't get my four-year degree just yet, if I ever will. I did get a two-year degree after a fashion, a few years out of college after my wife and I had gotten married and had 
three or four children. I did end up going back to school online and getting my associate's degree. But in pursuit of my bachelor's degree, I found that life was intervening. Life was a little too messy, a little too chaotic for me to be able to spread myself that thin and finish my bachelor's degree and also juggle work and family and church, my wife's health problems, or rather her health needs, her knee surgery was going to put us too far behind the eight ball if I was dividing my attention with classes and work full-time plus overtime and trying to serve in the church. And so I stopped. I stopped my program. I was pursuing a four-year degree in international business through Liberty University last time I took college courses. So I have three years and some change of college credits. And that's near enough to a bachelor's degree, at least as far as I'm concerned. At 35 almost in November, I'll be 35. How am I doing without a four-year degree? And with regards to what I'm doing, could I have done what I am doing, making close to or over six figures for the past nine years of working in oil and gas? Could I have done that without having gone to college at all? Could I have done that perhaps better having not gone to college at all? We were talking with Virginia and Kale Rogers on Saturday evening. We had them over for a meal and conversation. And we were talking about their daughter, their eldest daughter, Caroline, and how even though she's 13, she is very determined that she wants certain things in life. She wants to serve God. And she would absolutely pack her bags and launch out into the world right now if they let her. And so they have to kind of temper that enthusiasm, that confidence a little bit with a reminder of what life entails in terms of the period of life, the phase of life that she's in right now. But it got me thinking and I told them, I says, you know, I it was very much that way too at 17. I wanted to launch out into the world and I was just absolutely convinced that I wanted to wait on the Lord and I wanted God to guide my direction as far as what I was going to pursue for a vocation, for a career, whatever mission I was going to be on, I wanted it to be in service of God and for him to be directing my path in that regard and launching me. I wanted the Lord to launch me into whatever job I was going to do whatever career, whatever work I was going to be doing. And I wanted it to be purposeful and I wanted it to be a service to God and a service to my fellow man. And because I wasn't persuaded in my senior year of high school that college was necessary or that it was worth it, or that it was God's call on my life, I was telling people that I wasn't sure just yet. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to college just yet or what I would study or what I wanted to do with my life just yet. I wanted to wait on the Lord to direct my paths. And wouldn't you know it, even within the church, even among Christians, particularly Christians who 
took their cues from whatever everybody else seemed to be doing. That was crazy talk. I was crazy to say, let's wait on the Lord for direction here. I was wasting my life, wasting my potential. I was throwing it all away. And so when I told Lauren that this was heading in the direction of marriage, as far as I was concerned, I wouldn't have even gotten into a relationship with her had it not been for praying about it and believing that the will of the Lord was that we would pursue that possibility of marriage. When I said, after a few years of dating, I believe that we should get married. Other people in our lives, in the church, came to her and said, you need to go to college, you need to finish your degree, what if he doesn't work out, there's plenty of fish in the sea, you should shop around. Now that's conventional wisdom. That is what most people think in this day and age, is that college is where you find yourself. Carl R. Truman's Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self talks about this evolution of the modern idea of the self and how do we express ourselves and who are we, where do we come from, where are we going. College increasingly is dysfunctional in the United States of America and it looks different than it used to because of the increasingly high concentration of secular humanism, nihilism, postmodernism, a rejection of transcendent truth in favor of this Rousseauian idea that all we can really know for sure is how we feel. There is no such thing as truth, as Michel Foucault, the French philosopher, wrote. All that truth is, is a power play. Someone makes a truth claim, and they are just trying to assert dominance over others. It's not real. It's not true. You can't possibly know. He gets that idea from Rousseau and others, and it's a very postmodern way of thinking. And so then you go into the university and you study philosophy, but it's not philosophy anymore, as Francis Schaeffer points out in Escape from Reason. It's not philosophy anymore. It is anti-philosophy. The philosophy department at that college is not there to teach you philosophy. It's there to teach you that all of these philosophical systems are question marks. What does it matter? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. So the product then, in all too many cases, of a college, university, education program is being very talented, very elegant, very sophisticated in the way that you explain your radical doubt and in the way that you express yourself. You found yourself at college. Lauren and I, when we went to college, she went a semester before I did to Cedarville University. We both took some classes at Southern State Community College, which got me a year worth of college credits for free. But we, we both went, and at the end of our community college course taking, 
over the summer following our graduation from high school. And then for me, that last year of high school, my senior year of high school, she went to Cedarville to begin studying her nursing program. She was going to become an RN, a registered nurse. She wanted to work in, I believe, if memory serves, the baby wing. But she went a semester early. She went a semester before I did. I decided I'm just going to get a job and work and think about it and save my money a little bit and wait on the Lord. And I was doing that for that first semester, working as a package sorter, making very little money, working third shift at ABX Air in Wilmington, Ohio. At ABX Air, it's this airport freight forwarding facility. They would bus in employees, workers, laborers from Dayton, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, to work there. And it's loud, and it's dirty, and it's poorly lit, and it's third shift, and it doesn't pay all that well, and it is monotonous and repetitive and a little bit soul-crushing, not because of the work itself, but because of the attitudes of the people you're working with more often than not, angry at being there, listless, directionless, rudderless. And I had opportunities even there to talk with my coworkers, to share the gospel with them. I was much more explicit in my evangelistic uh, aims, efforts back then. But just walking through the facility, I'd pass somebody by and they would have this angry, mean mugging look like they hated my looking at them. And I thought, if I were not here at work and you were not here at work and we were just walking down the street of whichever city you came from, you were bused here from, I wouldn't feel safe in your company. And about a semester's worth of working for ABX Air, working in that environment, I had a realization that I wasn't sure about college and about university, but I was sure about Lauren. I was sure that we were supposed to be together. And so I quit that job. I enrolled at Cedarville University. And the next semester I was there and I stayed in the dorms. And I'm staying in the dorms with some young guys that have been there for a few years who have a jaded view. They're at a quote-unquote Christian university or Christ-centered university, as we were often told at Cedarville. Chapel every day is required. Everything's taken care of. You just focus on your studies. Very nice facilities, very beautiful university grounds. A number of the guys that I was staying in the dorm with didn't want to be there. Their parents had told them, you need to go. You have to go. And because their heart wasn't in it, they were there cynically pursuing the checking of this box Some of them played video games all day and skipped class and didn't study because they didn't care. They didn't want to be there. They were entitled. Some of my fellow attendees were very cynical on the whole Christianity thing. Somebody, I believe a professor close to them, had died, had become ill and died. And they were really wrestling with questioning, is God good? Is God even real? If this is 
what he allows to have happen. And so my dorm unit contained some really solid guys who were friendly, clean cut. They were there on purpose, focused. And it also included some guys that I just about got in a fist fight with a couple of times because they wanted to blast Eminem and draw crude things on the whiteboard in the middle of our unit. And I wasn't there for that. I was there because my mother had told me that Cedarville University was as close to heaven on earth as she had ever seen or been because my parents met at Cedarville University. It was as close to heaven on earth as she had ever been. I was there because it was a Christ-centered university, to my knowledge. I was there because it was close by. I was there because Lauren was there. And I was still in the process of trying to convince her that we should get married. So I go, and she's studious, and she's paying attention to her studies. She's working towards becoming a nurse. And it took me two semesters and the summer in between them. But I did talk her into marrying me. And having got what I had come for, we promptly dropped out. This was 2006, late 2006, November 25th, 2006 to be exact. So we are coming up on 15 years of marriage this coming November. I turn 35, November 5th, and Lauren and I celebrate 15 years of marriage, November 25th. And I'd like to take her on a trip. We live in Colorado. Things are opening up again. I'd like to take Lauren somewhere nice for the weekend, maybe rent a cabin in the mountains and celebrate probably closer to my birthday than our actual anniversary since our anniversary is so close to Thanksgiving and anybody that we would leave our children with is going to have Thanksgiving plans, surely, and we don't want to disrupt those. But that was it, I thought. No more of that. No more college. We got married November 25th, 2006. Within a very short span, we found out that we were pregnant. Eight months later, because he came early, our oldest son, Josiah, who is now turning 14 at the end of this month, was born. And it was hard. It was difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. It was difficult finding a job in 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Really, it was difficult finding a job up until we moved back to Montana and the Bakken oil boom was in full swing still. And I got on with ConocoPhillips and I made more money per year than anybody that we knew back home who had been criticizing us and saying, don't marry him. He's not going to amount to anything. He doesn't even know what he wants to do. He doesn't know what he wants to study at college. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a career path. The joke's on them, perhaps, maybe, still, because nine years later, I still make a really good, strong income. And would I make that same income had I finished the four-year degree plan before we got married? Would we have gotten married? I think it's silly, quite honestly, to tell young people in their late teens, early 20s, that they need to focus on getting a college degree and spending the first five, 10 years of their young adult life 
building a career. And then they can get married. And then they can start a family. I think that's silly. I think that is misplaced priorities. I think that that is folly. I think that's selfish. And I think that it is setting young people up for failure. And it has been setting young people up for failure for all the decades that that has been the trend. I think that what ends up happening is you get a lot of young people in their late 20s, early 30s, who by the time they can get married and have some kids are tired. They're already tired. And the people that are advising them forget how much less energy they had in their late 20s, early 30s in comparison to their early 20s, their mid-20s. All of a sudden, the family that they're going to have is not going to be the size that it was. It's not going to be as robust, perhaps, as it might have been. But on the bright side, they've established their career, right? They've launched themselves into the world. They're established. They've bought a home, right? They have a stable job, right? They're set. Now, when your daughter marries that young man with his four-year degree, he has a big house in a nice neighborhood, and he commands a nice fat salary, and he'll be there at that company for the rest of his life, right? Well, no. Actually, increasingly, the research that I did over the past 15 years as I grappled post-mortem with whether I had made a mistake in talking my wife into marrying me without having finished my degree first, without her having finished her degree first, increasingly, the college degree, the four-year degree, has taken the place that a high school diploma used to occupy. It used to be that a four-year degree was for management and highly specialized people, and you might get a six-year degree if you really, really wanted to be at the top of your field, but you at least had a four-year degree if you wanted to be a major big-time professional. Anymore, the four-year degree is seen as a boilerplate. But even there, maybe I'm five years behind the curve because that's what I was reading five years ago when I was looking at going back to Liberty University Online, pursuing international business four-year degree plan program. It's amazing to me how 10 years into Lauren's and my marriage, I started seeing Mike Rowe popping up left and right, talking about how we should be encouraging our children to go to trade school instead of college. And I love it. I love what he's saying because he's right. If we have all of these people with liberal arts degrees or even some other degree, some other degree that's STEM-related, science, technology, engineering, and math, are they getting the jobs anymore which provide the income base necessary to pay those student loans back? In 2007, 2008, 2009, a lot of the jobs that I was seeing openings for because there were so many people out of work with the Great Recession included as a minimum requirement four-year degrees. It didn't matter that the job itself didn't require a four-year degree. The employer knew that they could get somebody with a four-year degree if they put that on there. And so they were going to aim high. 
or so they thought. But really, is it aiming high? Is it aiming any higher? I really question that after having spent three years and some change taking classes and evaluating my fellow classmates who very often, whether it was Southern State Community College, whether it was Cedarville University, Kaplan University, Liberty University, very often they are not there because they are curious. They are there to check a box. They're there to repeat after the professor on the multiple choice test quiz that this is the right answer. Why is it the right answer? I don't know. I just wrote, memorized that that was the answer they wanted to hear. Do I agree with it? No. I agree with getting this class passed so that I can get enough credits to graduate, so that I can graduate, so that I can get my diploma, so that I can go and apply for that job that's not there anymore, the job that I saw that I wanted before I went to school, or the job that my parents told me I could only get with a four-year degree. A lot of college graduates through the Great Recession on up until I went and got into oil and gas in 2012, a lot of college graduates were working as baristas. And it almost didn't matter what their degree was in. For that matter, a comment that Lauren's Aunt Sherry, I believe, or else maybe it was a friend of ours, whoever it was, an older gal who had taken on, has taken on over the years, sort of a mentoring uh, relationship with Lauren and I, her and her husband have, I don't remember exactly which couple, commented to us with regards to what they tell their children as their children were about our age or they were just a little behind us, that for their daughters, where their daughters are concerned, if their daughters are planning hoping, dreaming on marriage and raising a family and having children, biblically speaking, at least until those children have come of age and are themselves launched into the world, they don't recommend to their daughters going to college. Why would I send my daughter to college? Why would I send Evelyn to college, for instance, if she's going to get a four-year degree and all the debt that that entails and then find a young man, her Prince Charming, and get married and graduate college together and stay at home. Why would we do that? That's very expensive. She gets $120,000 worth of student loans and her husband-to-be gets $120,000 in student loans and together they've got $240,000 in debt before they have even bought a house, presumably, purchased a car or two, presumably, purchased furnishings, presumably, paid for hospital births, perhaps, or even a home birth with a midwife. Either way, it's going to be two, $3,000, quite probably. Before they have launched into the world and for about the same cost as a decent home in most parts of the country, all they'll have to show for it is a four-year degree. And if she starts having children, starts bearing children, 
and he is the only one working and he's starting his career, he's still early on in it. Why would you burden that family, that young family with a quarter million dollars worth of debt? Well, the simple answer is you wouldn't. That's not a good idea. That's not a good plan. If I, in my mid-20s, had been able to as easily take out $120,000 to start a business as I was able to take out $120,000 to go to four years of college, what would that have done to my prospects? Now, obviously, that's not the way that it works because banks aren't going to lend $120,000 to just any old Joe Schmo who wants to start a business necessarily. And they also figure if you graduate college with this four-year degree, you're going to get a job that pays probably around XYZ, probably, maybe, maybe not, but maybe, probably. Percentages are XYZ. And then you'll pay us back. And that's a good return on our investment. That's what society has decided. I think with a lot of help from the marketing, the public relations departments of colleges and universities. Colleges and universities are absolutely essential to professional financial success, social success, political success. Just ask the colleges and universities. Well, now, wait a second. Why take their word for it? They have a conflict of interest here. And also, what are they teaching? Are they really teaching young professionals to be competent at doing work? Or are they filling them with self-esteem and social justice and critical theory and Marxism and anti-Americanism? In the vast majority of cases, the answer is the latter in this country. I don't believe that American colleges and universities are a healthy environment for good character and curiosity and competence. I don't. I think it's a racket. I think it's a scam for the most part. Not entirely, but for the most part. And there's an exception for anybody who is absolutely sure that they want to do this thing, that they need a four-year degree, a six-year degree, an eight-year degree in order to do. Now, if my daughter Evelyn says, you know what, I don't know any young men that are asking my hand in marriage 10 years from now, obviously, not at seven, but... When she's 17, she's got some young man at 21 who is already most of the way through college. He is just certain he's going to be a doctor. He's going to school to be a doctor, and he's very interested in my daughter, and he asks her end in marriage. She's 17. To some extent, that might be their decision to figure out, but as far as our advice goes as parents, depending on the character of the young man, if the young man is earnest and upright and hardworking and caring. And I can trust that he's going to take care of my daughter. He's going to love, cherish, respect, watch over, lead honorably my daughter. We're not going to encourage Evelyn to go and get a four-year degree or even a two-year degree. Why? Read books. Read books. It isn't at all that you should be uneducated that's not the question. That is not what's at issue here. I just connected with a gentleman through this Engladii Veritas 
writing group. And he's a mutual friend, mutual acquaintance of Bobby McPherson, who I've known for many years. And Joseph Crampton is, I believe, working on his PhD. He's got his master's degree. He's working on his PhD from Liberty University in political science. Smart guy from what little first impression I've been able to get. Very smart guy. And uh, I think we're going to be good friends. Connected with him on Goodreads. And I look and I see, hey, Mr. Crampton has his master's degree. He's working on his PhD. He's probably about the same age that I am. And I have, (laughs) not to brag, I've read twice as many books as he has. He's working on his PhD. Maybe he hasn't captured all the books that he's read on goodreads.com. He's just too busy for that. That could be. He's been busy living life. But that's an education too. Formal education does not mean better education. Now, he's pursuing a certain course. That's between him and the Lord. I'm not criticizing. And I'm not saying I'm better educated than he is. I think I'll benefit greatly from being in a writing club with somebody who is working on their PhD because they're going to identify certain things that maybe I don't identify in my writing, but vice versa. I'm going to be able to help Bobby McPherson and Joseph Crampton become more confident writers by virtue of not having been so steeped in academia as they have been. I have a little bit more of a pragmatic approach having worked in the blue-collar jobs that I have for the past 15 years, 10 years, 9 years. I'm very much inclined to encourage my sons to go to trade school and almost as reverse psychology. If they're going to go to college, let's count the cost. I want you to know up front, there is no guarantee that you will get a job in that field on the other end of your degree program. Also, here is currently the min-max on how much debt load you can expect to graduate college, university with. And this is about what that's going to cost to service every month. Versus, hey, look, everybody's going to college because they think that's where you get more knowledge. And we've got master's degree level women's studies graduates making lattes at Starbucks. How about you guys skate to where the puck is going, where there's going to be a great need for electricians and not nearly enough electricians because everybody was studying gender theory and critical theory and social justice. How about you go and become an electrician and you save your money and you do four years as an electrician, you get your journeyman, become a master electrician, maybe start your own electrical service company, and you save your money. That to me seems like more a recipe for success in our climate. And what's nice about that is that they can still listen to audiobooks, they can still study, they can still write, they still should, they should pursue all those things, they should serve in their local church, they should study theology and philosophy and anthropology and history, they should study God's word, they should study creation and general revelation, 
They should understand truth and science, real science, good science, not the political crap that people like Fauci emulate, embody. Trust the science. Give me a break. How about we not get such tunnel vision? How about we not assume that we follow lockstep, unquestioning the person in front of us, and that'll lead to success? How about we not do the groupthink thing? And let's ask the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And one of the things that I thought was really cool as we were talking with the Rogers, and Kale, by the way, works for a university. And so I don't know exactly what their mindset is on this kind of thing, but most of the Summit View Community Church core group that has been there for all of their adult lives, this started out as a college group. And I don't know, but I assume all of them that started out in the college group finished college. That might be a faulty assumption. So their opinion of college might be, well, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you go to college? Seems like there's pretty good reasons. It's worked out pretty well for a lot of them. They're professionals in healthcare or what have you. A lot of them are professionals in healthcare, engineering. So I thought it was cool that Kale and Virginia are talking about their daughter, how she wants to serve the Lord. She wants to launch out into the world and share the gospel with people who are hurting. And I thought, well, that's really, I mean, again, that's really neat. And we want our children to serve the Lord. We want them to be sharing the gospel with a world that is lost, that needs to know Christ and does not know Christ. And whoever God calls out of those that we share the gospel with, it's a beautiful thing that we get to partner with God in this great redemptive work that he is doing. But I think about some missionaries that came to Yellowstone Community Church in Savage, Montana a number of years ago, and they are missionaries in sub-Saharan Africa. And if memory serves, the gentleman is an electrical engineer. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. But he does electrical work there in sub-Saharan Africa. That's his vocation, and it provides a excuse to be in-country, and it provides a source of income to where they don't have to rely entirely on uh, support from churches, denominations, missions organizations. They're self-sustaining to a great extent because he works with computers and electricity and, and things like that, as memory serves. Any way you slice it, whatever the particulars, that broad general idea of having something you can take all over the world and if God calls you to sub-Saharan Africa, if he calls you to East Asia, if he calls you to Europe, if he calls you to South America, wherever he calls you, you can get a job as a person with this trade background. And if you pursue that, if you work heartily as unto the Lord, you can make a good wage, a decent wage that frees up your time to where you don't have to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, especially if you don't have a high debt overhead burden. That might just be the way to go about it. And if somehow the plan changes 
and the clouds part and the Lord descends like a dove on your child and they all of a sudden are saying, hey, you know what? The Lord wants me to become a doctor. Well, okay then. If that is what the Lord has called you to, here's what needs to happen. Let's support you and encourage you in that direction. If the Lord leaves it up to our discretion, we do well to pray for wisdom and we do well to give our children a good education so that they don't have to do that. They don't have to go to college and be indoctrinated in Marxist ideology and hating themselves as straight white men, as Americans, as Christians. I think that might be the most enlightened course, actually. So in short, when I ask the question, is college worth it anymore? The answer is possibly, but probably not. Possibly, but probably not. Not because those who don't go to college have no ambition or have no drive or have no goals, but because we should have higher goals, more ambition than that, in my opinion, anymore. Given the current circumstances, the way things stand right now, hopefully it changes. Hopefully truth becomes truth again. Science becomes science again. Education becomes education again. I got to leave it there. That's all I've got for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. I'd love to get your thoughts. If you went to college, would you do it over again? Or would you advise the next generation to do it over again, given the circumstances? If you didn't go to college, you didn't get a degree program finished up, is that holding you back? Is that limiting your options? Do you feel that you made the wrong call? Sometimes I have wondered, especially when I was between jobs or desperate to get out of a current job because it was a bad situation. You see a job posting, you say, ah, man, that looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I want a minimum four-year degree. Never mind. Next. If you missed out on college, do you feel like that was a mistake? Or are you thankful? Let me know what you think. Hit me up. But I got to run. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.